For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. gentlemen it's wednesday and you know what that means it's time for the wrestling inc aew dynamite after show and have we got a show for you we've got a new number one contender we've got christian sliding into people's dms and we've got orange cassidy lecturing hook but before we get into all of that let me introduce the crew i'm jack farmer being joined by the spar with labar champ justin labar and nyc demon diva isa isa how you doing today i am doing well jack how are you i thought about you during the show today seeing there's a couple of segments where i saw a little bit of friendship spark and i was like man jack's gonna be so happy tonight you know, all I was missing was Akira Tozawa hugging everybody, oh and it would have been the perfect show. Uh, but Justin, good to see you on a Wednesday. How have you been since Monday? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm great. Better than Monday. It's Wednesday. That means we're closer to the weekend. Yes, just a little bit closer. Well, we got a lot to talk about, uh, a lot of interesting news. But before we get into it all, Make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. And Dylan Matthews, the GIF King, making my job easy with a super chat, says, nice to see 81,035 people here in the chat tonight. Of course, just uh, Dylan is alluding to uh, local government reports of the attendance record of AEW uh, all in. And they were a little bit less than what AEW said. Now, Justin pull back the curtain we were kind of looking at all this right before we went on the air so i know we don't have the exact specifics up but what do these conflicting numbers mean uh is this something that means aew is a bunch of liars or is this like just a difference of opinion like what's going on here it means in this context aew is no different than wwe it, 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 it's pro wrestling you always enhance if a guy's six foot two you say they're six foot five uh you know if if if, if the if the guy uh is 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 somewhere uh, from the islands you say you Samoan it, you just you just fudge it for the for the benefit uh yeah the the local government uh apparently gave a report that the number of people that went through the turnstiles so paying with the ticket through the turnstiles 
72,265. Still a great number. Let's not 72,000 is still a great number, but the conversation that is all abuzz on Twitter or on X tonight is that that is, you know, not the 80 something or the 90 something that, that AEW is touted and thrown around. You know, that's when you start getting into the things, you know, and he said, you know, you know, I was thinking WWE enhanced the numbers. That's when you start getting into things of how many additional people were there that got brought in the back door that uh, that were sponsors that were friends that were, you know, so it's still a great number, but it just shows you AEW is capable of doing the same, um, you know, enhancing that WWE is going to do in those press releases. Yeah. Go ahead, Issa. No, I was just going to say, right. And you also have to remember, AEW really made it a point to mention sold tickets. A lot of times these big events go, they get announced and ticket scalpers, other third party companies coming and buy a bunch of tickets and not necessarily resell them. That doesn't mean those tickets didn't sell and that doesn't mean the company doesn't make the money. Um, and a lot of times people do sit with these unsold tickets in their pocket. That's just how, that's just how it goes. I don't think that this 72,000 number is... Um, it's, it's, a, it's a negative. I remember when AW even announced Wembley and people thought even if they do 40,000 was going to be a, hit, a home run for them. So even bringing that, I hate that we're seeing this number as a negative now because of everything that happened. In my opinion, it's a great number. I don't think it makes them liars. Like we've been dealing with WWE doing this forever. Like 32, what did they say we had there? 101,000 people and it ended up being 80 something thousand. Like this is what they do. And it's just, it's part of the wrestling business. I I agree completely. It's it is kind of a shame that we're looking down on that number as if it's a bad number when you as you said people are saying they're not going to sell 20,000 or 30,000 but there's been a lot of talk about attendance records over the past few months and I guess there's been a lot of talk in general and I think we need to have an agreement on what number we're using. Like we talk about ratings and everyone says, "Well, ratings are kind of an old metric that don't really work anymore." But we all agree that's what we're using. We need that with with attendance records. Are we doing turnstiles? Are we doing tickets sold? Are we doing every single person, worker, employee, person that just pops their head in and pops their head out? Are we counting everybody? What's I think we just need to figure out what is the actual metric we're going to use so that we can at least compare apples. Well, apples. it 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 just depends. It depends on what you're seeking, right? You know, if you're seeking how many actual bodies you know enjoyed the product in that building. You know, then then you're going turnstiles. But if you're going from a business standpoint, how much um, money did they make from tickets? Because like Issa said, you could have tickets that people don't show up. But it's just like in, it's just like in sports. You, you might not see every seat filled. But if they say, oh, it was a sellout, it's because they're counting the season ticket holders who have already paid the franchise for said ticket. They're not there. So they're not a body there cheering on and enjoying the experience. But to the bottom line, to, to the profit. That still counts. Those it all depends on what are paid for way before the season starts. And yeah. I sat on I sat on a lot of games. I was a ticket uh, season ticket holder for the Yankees. I didn't go to a lot of games. I would right. try to resell the games that I didn't go to. They didn't always sell, and it didn't matter to them. My ticket was paid for. Uh, I do want to say, Dylan, I got to call you out in the the chat here, saying, imagine if WWE they do it every year, they do it all the time. <laughs> they do it regularly. So. um yeah, it's it's pretty typical in pro wrestling that this happens. I don't know if it's I, I, I do think places, that but. people just need to pay attention to the words that were used because I think the the wrestlers in their promos were the ones that are saying the biggest wrestling show, the biggest attended wrestling show. But Tony Khan during the press conference and when they announced the attendance, they made it a point to say tickets sold. And because I thought the Wembley visual was beautiful, but you could see red seats 
empty here and there, right? So I was like, and I and I noticed that they made a point to not say sold out. They kept saying tickets sold or biggest show ever. You know what I mean? I, I do think they were very careful with the verbiage that they were using. Which that's kind of baffling to me, going back to the whole having a ticket purchased but then not using it and not showing up. And like, it's one thing when you have a season tickets to, like you mentioned, like to the Yankees, to baseball, when there's 81 home games, okay? Like, that's a lot of home games. So I can certainly see that you're paying to have the season tickets, but I can understand not making it all 81 or having, you know, them be able to resell it all of them. But like, we're talking about like a major, you know, pro wrestling event. It's just, it's just the one event. And so if you go through all the trouble to pay, like, how does, how do you not have somebody there I in your seat? Ticket bots. Justin, yeah. I think that's a ticket yeah. box because that's you do get a lot of companies like a StubHub, like a SeatGeek that gets in there. This is why Ticketmaster is such a scam, like, and don't get me started on that. But, like, you get these companies that have these bots that get in there and buy thousands of tickets at a time, and all of, all of us in the waiting list end up getting screwed having to buy, you know, premium pricing for these tickets. Um, so I think it's the bots. I, I don't think it's necessarily a specific person buying the ticket to attend. I think this is a big company trying to buy them to resell them. That's probably the biggest issue, but there are also to that point, there's also companies that give away tickets and people don't really care and they don't want them and things of that nature as well. So there's, it could, I mean, it's a pretty big number. I mean, I don't, I don't know how all the differences happen. I, I am wondering though, when I went to double or nothing, now that I wonder, I went in as press. I don't know if I walked through a turnstile. Maybe I did. I can't remember. I wasn't thinking about you it. Probably now, did. You walked through a different yeah. entrance, but there's still yeah. like a, there's still like an account for you. There's still like a, a scanning or if they're checking you in with a computer, they're checking goes into their system to let them know that, that this is how many people are in the press box or whatever they sat you at. But Issa, I'm one of those super cool guys that hops the term style, you know, every time I go, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I put my hand on it and I like, just like, just like, just like the gangs that you were in when you were young. I heard you talk yeah. about the gangs. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I laughed too. I was like, somebody has to call him out on this. And Lavar, thank you for that. Oh, it was, it was low hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah, you had to. I was like in the chat. I was like, somebody going to ask Jack about his experience with oh, yeah. gangs Listen. allegedly. Listen. I was pretty popular with the gangs. Everyone wanted old old Tacoma Jack Farmer over here, the street king of Tacoma. Um, but, uh, when I moved to when I moved to New York City, I remember when my uh, friends decided to finally give me the honorary New Yorker badge. Uh, the graduation uh, thing was like jumping the turn uh, style uh, for the subway and, and not paying the fare because you get arrested for that and it ends up being a mess if you get caught. I did it in high heels. Thank you very much. Ooh. So did I. Uh, we got. A, <laughs> uh, I guess last thing on it though, I do think it's what's great about this big number is I think what real or not, it's sort of reinvigorated a lot of companies to try or both the big ones, I guess, to try to get that number. I think that's always a good thing, and I think even WWE feels it a little bit because Xavier Woods was making comments about it on Raw. So I do think that it, it's a in a good way going to get people a little bit more competitive, and that's a good thing for everybody involved. Um, something that might help ratings for AEW, not ratings, but uh, ticket sales is if they signed a WWE hall of famer named edge, uh, apparently edge was removed from internal, uh, the internal roster. It's been updated. Now he's put in the miscellaneous roster, which is where they put people like the undertaker and Titus O'Neil who are on the roster, but not actually wrestling regularly. Justin, this obviously has everyone wondering, is Edge going to make his way to AEW? Uh, my question to you, do you think that that's what this means? Or is this just internal paperwork that doesn't really mean anything? 
I don't think the two necessarily connected. Like, I don't think he got moved because they just got, you know, word on the street that he's showing up at Arthur Ashe next week. But I do think that, you know, gun to my head, I think it's inevitable that Edge would show up at AEW. I think that given the fact that he probably physically feels that he could still go a little bit more, you know, and judging by what we saw of him in WWE, we'd have no reason to doubt that. Based upon that, based upon that he still has that connection with the fans, they still he's still one of the loudest pops when he comes out. Based on the fact that his childhood friend from elementary school is over in AEW, so he'd be able to go over and do some stuff with with with, with him, meaning Christian Cage, and the fact that Tony Khan has a big checkbook, and that and that and that and that there would be a case to be made that here's Edge, here's a Hall of Famer, here's somebody that would would move a little needle for you know for an event, for a match, whatever you know for for Tony Khan and AEW. I think Tony Khan would would absolutely uh, write him a check for X amount of matches. Uh, you know, I I thought. Prior to them happening, I thought Mark Henry was a WWE lifer. I mean, he had signed with them since '96, since he was, you know, still, you know, basically a kid, you know, going through the Olympics and and stuck in, you know, obviously had periods of time where he wasn't on TV for months or years, and, and they stayed associated with the company. I thought Big Show ever since Big Show came over from in '99 from from WCW, I thought he was a WWE lifer, and it turns out they weren't. And then those two guys have far less in the ring to offer, and Tony Khan values that in the ring work rate. They have far less of that type to offer. And so they don't do that in AEW. They 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 are an, they are an assist backstage. So I absolutely think that if they can come over and be backstage and commentary um, c- contributors, absolutely Edge could come over and and do a handful of matches for Tony Khan to to put on the marquee. Issa, if you're Edge and you're seeing what Christian's able to do right now, how big of a bargaining chip is it for AEW to offer Edge the ability to slide into Mom's DMs? <laughs> Edge is a single parent raised kid, so I, I will be very careful about him to <laughs> go over there right now. So um, I fear for everybody. I fear yeah. for everybody with the way Christian is acting. <laughs> uh, Isa, what are your thoughts on Edge? Do you think, uh, is there a chance he heads over to AEW? I feel like the fun answer is yes, but the realistic answer is no. Why is that the fun answer? Because I mean, maybe to you, I think it depends things. on how you see Edge. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people that are also excited to see and they didn't end up living up to the expectation that I thought they would. So it's just, it's weird for me to think of somebody debuting in AEW and the excitement when we see them and then when they go from there, like it freaks me out a little bit. So I, I like him where he's at. I it's for me it's intriguing what's intriguing is like he'd be able to get the same pop and using the same music presumably because Tony Khan could pay Alter Bridge for the music but then it's like he can't be called Edge so what so it's like he's so synonymous with that name you know Christian you just added Cage and he was referred to as Christian Cage at a point in his career in TNA Mark Henry that's his legal name eh, Big Show Paul White you know hell he was even called Paul White when he started in w- I mean so like I really don't know like what like does it have the same effect that we introduce Adam Copeland to the ring to to your point Justin. My initial gut for like half a second reaction after you said he can't use the name Edge was, why can't he use the name Edge? And I was like, oh, duh, it's not his. He doesn't own the rights to it because yeah. it's so synonymous with him. It feels like that's his real name. So that would be the drawback, though. That I, as we're talking out loud, that would be the drawback, though, is if you are trying to. And again, I guess Tony Khan just doesn't book. He books to the loyal fans, so I guess it's not a big deal to him. But it's like you can't put Edge on the marquee and then get a brand new set of eyes to come to AEW and go, oh, Edge is wrestling over here now? You'd have to put Adam Copeland and, and how many casuals are going to know what Edge's real name is. So that, that is one thing, I guess, that i just thinking out loud here. But Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, I, I don't know if it's realistic. I, I think it's fun that he'd leave. It's always fun when someone jumps ships to another company. So it's, that's just, it's interesting to see how it goes is all. The uh, Edge. 
the edge is that a big I, i'm sure there's a lawyer that's a guy, right that's, looking into it oh, that's the guy in you too right he's the oh edge. yeah but if he goes by the other edge the other i don't know i don't know i'm not a marketing genius uh but what i am good at is asking everyone to like comment share and subscribe if you're watching now go ahead and copy the link and throw it into social media so we get everybody coming on over here and joining the chat and speaking of the chat we got a bunch of great folks in here we got beer as well as dj dark we got jack taylor permanent press dylan matthews jack taylor dark money zone jay willie lots of folks in here this is great uh christopher St uh leather uh and everyone else uh fernando appreciate you guys and also shout out to all the lurkers just hanging out and watching and listening that's what lurkers do they watch and listen that's why you get the name <laughs> lurker but pop in and just say i'm a lurker and say hello uh let's get started with this thank you to everyone for responding with the money as necessary we start the show with the international title, uh, as usual, John Moxley facing Big Bill, who walks out to Ricky Starks' music. It's a slugfest, and eventually Ricky Starks gets involved. That brings Brian Danielson out. Mox eventually taps out Big Bill, but Big Bill and Ricky Starks beat up Mox and Danielson afterwards. That leads to Claudio coming out to make the save. Issa... Uh, this is a normal thing now, international championship, opening the show, but somehow it feels different with Mox being the guy as opposed to Orange Cassidy. It does. Um, it does feel different. I thought this was a fun match. Uh, for those who need the Mox by the numbers, it took four minutes and 43 seconds before the bleeding started. I did time it. Thank you very much. Um, it does. Moxley elevates the title. Whether I know some people don't want to admit it, but I do think it feels different. It feels refreshing. I think Orange Cassidy was a good champ. Don't get me wrong, but there's just something about Moxley. And, and he's put this company on his back for so long still haven't taken that freaking vacation man <laughs> um so shout out to him i this match ended up being a lot better than what i anticipated like when i heard it on paper i was like oh okay but they went at it i love the addition of the ricky stars and, and daniel bryanson on the outside i thought that was great um overall i enjoyed this i thought it was a banger of an opener yeah. i hate the name big bill just it's just not hitting yeah big bill is a terrible name but Justin, I feel like they've got money in Big Bill as one of a predominant big man in AEW. Well, they do, but you have to understand all the rules were followed here in the opening bout. Uh, the international title kicked it off. This kicked off the show. John Moxley bled, and if you're over six foot five, you have to lose. So that's just how the rules are in AEW. And and unfortunately for Big Bill, all seven feet of him, I know. But barely um, made it. Ver Moxley barely made the cut then, because Moxley's a tall guy. He, he, slouches. Six, four, he six, slouches, five. though. That's the thing. He slouches. That's how, that's how he gets over his... <laughs> Everyone else stands up straight when they try to he, get... He, well, he keeps losing so much blood, so he's he's, he's losing uh, stature <laughs> as the weeks go on. <laughs> Big Bill's... Look, Big Bill's great. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know... Yeah, the name, you know, obviously, you know, Bill is his real name. I don't know if we do, if we're doing the big just to kind of draw off the big cast or what, what it is, but yeah, Big Bill, you know, it sounds like a here comes Big Bill. It just sounds really like Trumpy Dumpy. <laughs> but he himself is a talent. He has gotten himself in phenomenal shape. He's still very athletic. He's still relatively young by all accounts. And but he's had a lot of experience. He's been a lot of places. Um, 
he's he he's one of several, especially on the big side of things uh, on the roster. He's one of several who it's like, man, if you took some time with this guy, you you could have something. And I don't know why, um, but you know, this is how he's this is how he's being used. But it was a good match. It it was a very good match, and I can't argue that Moxley has put AEW on his shoulders. And 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 again, you know, he's there, Cincinnati home hometown guy. So this hit on all the right buttons and all the all the things. Justin, do you like the pairing of Big Bill and Ricky Starks? Um, I like that better than what I've what I've seen Bill out there with previous other people in the different factions that that they've, you know, uh, there is a certain I know this this gets thrown around a lot, but I mean there is a certain Sean Diesel feel to that of Ricky Starks is so charismatic and you know so full of it and everything so having bill towering you know behind him holding an arm up uh and that 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 can work i mean that's essentially what wardlow mjf was for for so for so long that that worked so uh, it christian, never... christian are doing too. yeah so i mean it works um but i but you know i like it but at some point i like at some point i don't think i'd like to see big bill just kind of push more as the forefront singles guy i know everybody kind of is involved in the stable and has some ally but I, i'd like to see bill you know stand out more on his own yeah, I, I like the I like that you said the Shawn Michaels diesel thing. That's honestly what I was thinking when I saw them as well. I think a lot of people do, but in my opinion, hey, it works. So it worked. So why not give it a go? Um, but this was a weird ending, Issa, because you had Claudio come out and save the team from Big Bill. And I what is, is I know there's gray areas in pro wrestling, but are the Blackpool Combat Club, are we supposed to cheer them or boo them? What are we doing with these guys? I don't know. I don't know. I wonder the same thing. Uh, I'm like, I'm not sure um, if they're baby faces, heels, tweeters. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, but I feel like they're coming off as baby face team right now. I think. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know, but it, yeah, it's, it's, it's questionable. And that's a, I think that's been an issue with AW for a while now, where you don't know who you're... There's a lot of fields that I can go back and think, I don't know who I'm supposed to cheer and boo here, and that that can confuse the audience. Also, I just wanted to mention, I don't know if the integration of the collision stories into Dynamite is being told well enough, right? Because it took me a second as somebody that doesn't watch collision to put together the Ricky Starr and Big Bill are a thing now. And if you see it, the way that they just presented it, you're like, wait, what? Like, when did this happen? I don't know. There, there should be something, you know, like bringing out Brian Daniels. And if you watch... Um, all out, then it makes sense. But it felt very random if you're not keeping up with the other shows and they should be aware that the same audience that watches on Wednesday is not watching on Saturdays and Fridays. So they should do a better job at telling you that story. It, it, it's this is this is no this is nothing new with AEW. I mean they they would they it was even worse when it would be you know at least it would be the YouTube shows, remember the YouTube, the YouTube show, show, and they would just assume that everybody knew who this person was or why this person didn't like that person. I agree. I, I again I know it's difference in presentation and that WWE takes it to the extreme of they'll show you the same thing three or four times that happened in hour one. While it is annoying to all of us who are watching all three hours, it's like we know, but, but it is helpful to people that, that come in and come out. And, and, I, and I think if AEW could find a happy medium, that would help them because they have so, I mean, they have over 150, over 150 people on the roster. I mean, mm-hmm. so when you have that many people and then you have, then you have, you know, these shows on Friday and Saturday that, you know, especially Saturday, it's still new, uh, you, yeah, you have to you have to take thirty seconds to show people a video pa- a video clip of what happened, or you know, and they do it sometimes. But I agree with you, not enough. And the big Bill, Ricky Starks thing, I read about Collision. I did not watch it myself as well, so I read about it, so I knew just enough from reading. I'm going, oh, aha, that's right. But I, I completely agree; it's confusing. 
I will say, as someone who's maybe sounding like I'm just trying to defend AEW here, but they are doing a better job at it. I think that there's they they could get a little bit better at it, but I do feel like it feels like since all out all in there, I don't know what's happened, but it does feel like things are starting to smooth out a lot as far as presentation goes. It feels like we're not getting quite as much uh, potatoes as the mm -hmm. old saying goes here on Wrestling Inc. Uh, and it feels like there's a reason for things happening where it wasn't like that all before. So I agree with you guys, but I do feel like I, I want to give the flowers in the sense that it does feel like they're starting to kind of streamline some of that stuff. Now, it was always terrible with the YouTube shows. That was I, no defense. for that. I do agree. It does feel like there's a little bit more substance, substance in some stories and they are letting uh, uh, things breathe more compared to what they what they did. I mean, just look at when we get to the time to the main event. I mean, the match ended and there was still like six and a half minutes left of TV time. And like, that's not normally how things go with AEW's ending. So I do agree that I feel like they have decided that they've been pacing things better, timing things out better. Maybe, oh, you'd love to have this extra segment, extra match, and eh, maybe pull it back because that's just going to end up cramming things. So I, I do agree with that. Since, since all in and all out, it does feel like they've, they've taken some good positive steps toward that. Do you, I mean, I, I we got to get on with the show, obviously, but Justin, but just real quick on that. Do, what do you, do you have any like thoughts on why that could be? I mean, the easy answer is CM Punk's gone. Everything's different, but the changes that are happening are things that could have happened while CM Punk, like, I, I can't imagine one person was stopping them from telling certain stories. Is Do you think something's changed backstage or is it just? Yeah, I, I think it, I don't think it has nothing to do with Punk. It, it has to do with. I mean, and yeah, he could have done this all along, but Tony Khan has hired more people there internally whose job is to help with the storytelling, with the booking, essentially, with the scripts. Um, and so I think that that, I, and, and of course, that could only work if he decides to listen to them and take that input and, and what have you, but I, and I, I think he's doing so. I think he, I think he's finally got a little bit more of a team to an extent. He's still, there's still things that he's doing that I, that we might critique as a booker and that he's still much more of a matchmaker than a really good storyteller. But I think they're, again, they're making steps because he has got people in positions backstage now and that's their job. And again, he's taking them up on, on what they're bringing in. Uh, yeah, and, and there definitely are some things that can be improved. I see in the chat people mentioning uh, Ring of Honor overlap, and that's one that I also think that uh, probably could use some help. But Issa, before we move on to this whole thing, after the commercial break, uh, Blackpool Combat Club, they're doing a promo. They're kind of running through everything that they've got going on. And eventually, Phoenix just dives in and gets taken out by security before uh, Eddie Kingston stares down Claudio and says one more week. I know uh, our our super friend of the show, uh, Majestic Marie, was excited to see Eddie, not excited to see Claudio. But any thoughts on this interview segment? I thought it was hilarious. Like, the, the timing of it, and Moxley still back there, like, bleeding while they're trying to cut these serious promos. Moxley's in the back, bleeding, trying to get out of his hoodie. I don't know. There's just something about the way that Moxley acts and the way that Eddie acts that I just appreciate. They're just real. They're just being themselves, and I just love that about them. Uh, my favorite thing, and I don't know if you caught it, is that Phoenix just comes in so aggressively. Oh, I'm going to beat you next week. Security's holding him back. Moxley's laughing the whole time, just laughing mm -hmm. at him. And I just, I pop for that. And I can't wait for Claudio and Eddie. And I hope they give it some kind of stipulation next week. I think, I think the, I think the backstory and the hatred is there for it to maybe be a street fight or somebody in the chat mentioned it, be a New York street fight or I don't know, no DQ, something, but that's going to involve a lot of people. Obviously, if we do a no DQ, everybody's going to come out. But um, I'm excited for their match. Shout out to Majestic Marie. We love her. 
Uh, we got a couple of super chats and both of you, I apologize. I didn't get to these when I should have. I moved on before I got to them. But first, Paul Shame saying, you, go Issa. Doing that in heels is impressive as is as impressive as you are, of course, jumping the turnstile in heels. Uh, so thank you for that, Paul. And then Tornado Anthony Y saying, the rated elite superstar. Hey, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually fine. That's a fun. That's a good one. <laughs> Here's the question. Does Edge own the rights to that song he comes out to, though? Because if he doesn't come out to on this day, he, I don't, he, I don't he doesn't have to. Own the, that, that's a that's that's one that Tony Khan, Tony Khan could just buy. Right. Oh, because it was it's not a WWE produced song. The only thing that was the only thing that WWE did for the production is added the you think you know me to it. But in terms of the actual song, that's an Alter Bridge song. So it's no different than him buying the music for, you know, Orange Cassidy for Moxley for anybody else. I feel like, remember when Lacey Evans used to just walk down to the ring and then turn around and head back to the back? I'd be okay if they hired Edge just to like come out to, on this day, and he comes out, we all sing, and then he just goes, okay, bye, and leaves, and just does that once a week so I can sing along to his song. Uh, speaking of entrance themes that are fun to sing along to, Don Callis comes out, uh, and he says that Takeshita is better than every other wrestler from Japan because he beat Kenny Omega twice in seven days. And now Takeshita will be referred to as the Alpha. And the next thing he's going to do is break Kenny Omega's heart by destroying Kota Ibushi. Justin, what I like about this is that this feels very reverse what managers did in the old days, where in the old days you had the face that would run through all the people that the bad guy heel knew, where now it's the bad guy heel running through all the friends of the face. Yeah, no, that's a good call. It is a different way to go about things. Uh, I think Don Callis is, is, is money every time he's out there. Everything from that little bit of music they choose to use for him to the you know what his what his graphics are on the on the entranceway and his promos and everything. I mean, and I and I even like the way that he announces and unveils the new nickname for Takeshita. The problem that I have is I just don't really buy Takeshita as this heel. I, I I know I've seen the actions. I get it. I know he's I know he's he's Don's mercenary. I know he, you know that he's beat Kenny Omega, so he's got credibility twice. So he's got credibility. I get all that, but I just. I almost think I think I would have rather I saw Babyface Takeshita, and while I wasn't his number one fan, I, it at least felt more natural. This feels like we're trying to force it. And again, Don Callis is a tremendous heel manager, so everything coming out of his mouth makes that part work. But then when it goes to Takeshita, I'm like, ah, just let the let, let the guy be the Babyface that he was. Why 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 him? Why have him as the as a heel? So that that I'm still trying to get used to that. Yeah, I got to uh, agree with you there. I, I like Takeshita, and I think he even could be that guy eventually, Issa, but I've really only seen him a few times being dominant and beating people and looking unstoppable. Like, I, I'd like to see him get some big wins <laughs> and be presented as unstoppable before he gets this, if that makes sense. He beat Kenny Omega. What, what other kind of big win does he need to prove? Like, I, I don't know, maybe it's the, the heel thing, you know, that's not working here, but you have him with a great manager, you have him with a great voice, you gave him two humongous victory. If we're still not seeing it, then it's time to change directions, in my opinion, because there is no bigger win than Kenny Omega. I know that NJF is the champion, but in my opinion, Kenny Omega is the guy. If you beat him, that should establish you. And for them, I think it's cool that they're going after Ibushi. And, and Samoa Joe did that later on where we're seeing these people really want to take everything from their opponents like because he makes the grudge feel more real. But at the same time, again, if you beat Omega 
and we still don't see it and it's still not there, you got to change direction. I, I, that's uh, the, a great the, call. The art, the art was a masterpiece. Beautiful painting. The painting is awesome. The The presentation is awesome. Everything about Don Cows feels like the devil uh, is pulling strings. I will say about the Kenny Omega thing, though, it's I think of it kind of like Action Andretti beat Chris Jericho, but I didn't think, oh, Action Andretti is the most dangerous man in AEW now. And that's kind of where I feel like I, I can see it getting there, but like no. Brock Lesnar had to beat a whole bunch of people before he was Brock Lesnar. But if you think about it, we saw Osprey, and you don't see Osprey all the time. Some people are not familiar with him. Osprey came in, beats Omega uh, for Ben Door, and to me, boom, he's made. When he came sure. out to call out Jericho, any Omega. I mean, come on. I'm sorry. Yeah, but <laughs> no, no, no. But you know what I mean. Like that victory yeah. over the guy made him. Like Osprey is uh, is a established talent to the point that at this. You have to give him a legend because that's all that is left for him to do. It's just a comparison. His victory on a singles match over Kenny Omega didn't feel that big. Yeah, the, I mean, the match is great, but yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. So I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with there, but I'm a huge Don Callis fan. We got a super chat from Chad W. Says, what is up, guys? Love your shows, but I usually let Joel and Stacy Yednock do the talking when I visit them in West Virginia was in Hershey for SmackDown and seen as pop was insane. Felt 20 years old again. Keep up the awesome work. Thank you. Chad. Awesome. Thank you, Chad. Hi, Stacy and Joel. Uh, hi you, to Chad. everyone. Thanks for the, 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 the watch party. Uh, but uh, appreciate you guys coming through. Now, speaking of talking, we got a couple of chatty Kathy's backstage. Hook is doing an interview when Orange Cassidy shows up, your favorite segment probably seems a little jealous of uh, of Hook because Hook's got a title and isn't beat up. Uh, Justin, do you think Hook believes Orange Cassidy talks too much? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There, this, this is a this has got potential. You know, <laughs> talk about the most yin and yang that you could probably find in some regards. Uh, I don't know. I, I it was short. It was entertaining. Give me more of it. Yeah, I agree with that, uh, Issa. It's this is one of those weird pairings. That I don't think I would have, I never would have come up with on my own. But after that little segment, I'm like, I'm intrigued. You have my, you have my attention. What's going to happen here? I loved, I loved, I loved this, and it was exactly short, sweet, and simple, and it kind of worked for me. Yeah, I would have never paired these two together, and I don't want Orange Cassidy just be like crying backstage now like i need i need him to start going in whatever direction he's gonna go because you don't want to beat the momentum that he had he looked incredible in defeat when he lost that title to moxley so we gotta like i know maybe he's not clear that's what they're selling us and that's good that you're still keeping him on tv but i need to see what's next for him because he, i feel like he has a lot of momentum on his side right now yeah i'm a little worried they're gonna have him go after the ftw title and i feel like that'd be lose lose for orange cassidy um I feel like it'd be good for Hook. I'd like to see him defend it more often, but uh, I don't want to see Orange Cassidy win the FTW title, and I don't want to see him lose a match for the FTW title. So it's it's interesting, but their dynamic together is fun. I, 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 I'm very interested to see what happens next. Uh, Hook, by the way, I don't know about you guys. I'm noticing that Hook doesn't seem to do a lot, but everyone he's interacting with always seems way more interesting when they're with him. Like Jack Perry suddenly was a superstar in his segments with hook. And it seems like every time someone has a rivalry with hook, they stand out and look great. Not because hook isn't doing anything, but just, 
I don't know. Something about it seems to work. With it's kind of like Hook is he's he's got this great air of mystery to him, and so it's it's so you're right. When people get when people then get to play off of him, or you, or you put Hook in a position to react to them, it does make it it makes it more more interesting. Absolutely. Uh, we got a four way eliminator women's title eliminator for the women's title uh, match where there's a but it's Tony Storm, Hikaru Shida, Nyla Rose, and Britt Baker. Uh, early attempts at teamwork fall apart. Everyone struggles to get ahead, but it's Tony Storm with the roll up of doom on Britt Baker to get the win. Uh, afterwards, Soraya tells Renee that after their match together, Tony will have lost everything. Uh, which was the theme of the night, as Issa alluded to. Uh, Issa, at the end of this as well, though, Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker were getting a little bit physical. Are we going to see a, a new shade of gray to Hikaru Shida? <laughs> uh, maybe, possibly. You know, I thought, I mean, we did the same thing for the last time the, the, the title was defended at Women's 4-Way, like, no story. It seems like the end did get me... St- both the winner... And the end gave me hope that we're going to build some women's storyline here. I mean, Saturday, I know we don't cover collision, but we got to see the return of Gade. And she felt like a huge deal immediately. And I would love to see some stories here. I think Tony winning, uh, we're, I, I'm loving the new character. I'm loving what she's doing. Going against former outcasts could be a good story to tell. And I'm curious about what they're doing here with Shira and Britt Baker. Am I happy about Britt Baker eating another pin? No, it seems like she's the... How do you go from... One of the biggest draws in the company to like taking every pin. I don't know, but I'm curious to see where they go with Cheetah and Britt Baker. Being one of the biggest stars in the company to taking a pin from everybody. I don't know. Ask Kenny Omega about that. I'm just. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm just joking. Uh, but uh, Justin, this this is an interesting thing to me because Tony Storm feels like I'm not supposed to like her, but it feels like everybody loves Tony Storm in this new character. Yeah, I'm a bit confused. First of all, I mean, I think Tony Storm. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the character. I, I feel like she's the right choice. Um, and this is where this is where I'm trying to like keep up with things, and you know, again, not you know, not watching Collision, or whatever. Like so, she's no longer with Soraya and Ruby, right? I mean that, that that's clear, and again, so all the more reason why she makes sense to be the one who fights Soraya. But then, yet, unless I'm unless I'm making things up in my mind, I seem to remember tonight she's coming out, and her entrance graphics and everything still is Outcast. It's still the names of Ruby and her and everything on the video board. So, like, I, I mean, am I making? I thought, am I making I thought her entrance. I thought her entrance today was different. I don't know if it's new because I haven't been paying that much attention, but I thought her entrance today was different than the outcast entrance. I think she had that old Hollywood entrance tonight. Okay. All right. Well, nonetheless, she's, I mean, I think out of the four, she's the one that I think is the right call here. Um, and, and she's got a lot, she's got some momentum here with this new character that I've seen people, you know, people sharing memes and stuff with. So that's always a good sign. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm very interested to see where this goes. And hopefully we get a little, few more stories built out of the women's division from this. Again, you've got Hikaru Shida and uh, Britt Baker looking like something's going to happen there. You've got, of course, Tony Storm with a character, which is very important uh, with the out- going against the outcasts. I'd love to see Nyla Rose and um, 
Marina Shafir be uh, used a bit more. I think both of them could be big assets, but we will have to see, as they say. Uh, speaking of friendships, lots of friendships, EC, you're right. There's a lot of a lot of good friendliness happening. That's what I like in my combat sports is friendliness. Uh, Jericho comes out with Sammy Guevara, and we get a touching video covering the history of Chris and Sammy. Uh, they tease each other a bit, but then Sammy says he wants to be the guy, and he can't be the guy until he beats the guy. And that is Chris Jericho. Jericho says someday, but not today. They get pretty tense, but they say after their match, they'll shake hands and win the tag titles. Just this is kind of an interesting approach to this kind of thing. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm in for it. They uh they elevated my uh, anticipation to see this match. So uh, they certainly have a lot of history. So good, 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 good on the video package there. Uh, yeah, I thought this promo was well done. I thought that they towed the line of like they even you know acknowledging you know they didn't do they didn't do they did it. While not doing the same old, same old, as Sammy said, come out here and talk trash. While not, while not doing the same old, same old wrestling promo, they somehow still fell into a same old, same old wrestling trope of we know we're waiting for one of them to stab the other on the back. So it's, it's, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm not going to overanalyze any any further than that. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the match. Yeah, Issa, I want to talk about that video package because we always give WWE their flowers for their video packages. And look, WWE is incredible with their video packages but AEW can bust out some pretty good ones themselves and this one was actually kind of touching to watch it was a great video package um actually very well put together these two guys have a lot of history and i'm glad that they're mentioning that it was just a weird segment for me because it started a little bit like a father-son mentoring thing then we go into the wholesome video package then we get kind of weird with the back and forth and the, i'm gonna hit you hard and i wouldn't have it any other way like i was like what are we doing here but it is an interesting approach. Like you said, we're going to have the match, and then they're going to try to go for the tag titles. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited to see Sammy in a big match, Arthur Ashe. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we haven't really seen Sammy do anything for a while, and he's so talented. So I'm excited to see this match, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Has, Great video package, though. Has, uh, I know he's got a baby on the way. I haven't really paid attention at all to that. Has he had the kid, or is it? I, I don't know how far Not along yet. the train Okay, yeah, I was gonna say maybe that's about six, seven months. Oh, yeah, I was about to say maybe that's why he hasn't been on, is he was going through that, but um, clearly not. Now, we're not going to talk about the main event just yet, but there were a couple of promos we got to get to. Uh, Roderick Strong first saying he's going to beat Joe, but Adam Cole is worried about him. Uh, Roddy says he's going to win the world title and then break MJF's neck. But then MJF later says that he's not here tonight because of a neck injury of his own, but he's not afraid of either guy that wins tonight. Then Justin <laughs> MJF does some Steiner math. Maxwell does math. Well, uh, it was very, <laughs> very entertaining. I mean, it's a callback to the, you know, one of the, one of the promos that go down in, in history from, from wrestling in, in general, but from, from TNA and he nails it. I mean, obviously this, this was, this was taped, you know, earlier or last week if so. So who knows if he did it in one take? Who knows how many takes it took? But that's only for the people there in the room to know and to take to their grave. Uh, what what matters is the final version that made it to air was hilarious. So uh, this was this was a good use, I thought, of, of, of the show here, that if you're not going to have MJF out there live, if, if you don't have a – if it doesn't make sense to have him out there tonight because of how the other elements of the story unfolded, this at least gets him on the show. By just saying, "Hey, here's a pre-tape promo from last week in the trainers room." I thought, you know, nice touch, and and, and again, a pre-tape promo where he's parodying something, and it's arguably the most talked-about thing from the show. So, well done. Yeah, Isa, why is it 
AEW always has to take shots at impact. <laughs> I don't know, but this was smooth. I, I love this. I absolutely love this segment. I love this promo. And like Justin said, if you're not going to have NJF there, having do something memorable that people are talking about, that's what it's all about. I really, 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 uh, I really loved everything about this segment. I think everybody did. Yeah, MJF, he just proves that whatever you need him to do, he's going to knock it out of the park. This is the kind of promo that I feel like a lot of people could have just phoned in and it would have been fine. And he did something that's going to get talked about forever now. It's it's just fantastic. And it, it, it not only is it fun for us as people who've watched wrestling for a long time, but it's entertaining and it's going to, it calls back history. I don't know. Like it just does a lot of stuff. It's It's very, very clever of MJF there. Um, we got a match here, and this was really one of my favorite bits of the night. Uh, Brian Cage versus Adam Page. It's the rubber match between the two, and Page has a massive bruise on his chest that I cannot get over the whole time. Uh, but once Page gets the advantage, Swerve comes out to distract him. We get a bit of a slugfest with a great combo at the end. That buckshot to F5 to cradle to Deadeye was really cool to see. Page gets the win, but Swerve... Or I said, it's just a hangman then cuts a promo about Swerve. Swerve says, I'm going to fight you in Seattle. Then Cage and Nana attack hangman, but gets Paige gets saved by the Young Bucks. So a lot of stuff happened here. There was a lot of potatoes here, but I loved it. Uh, Issa, you got, I don't know, Paige isn't quite big enough to be considered a big meaty man, but you got a big meaty man. Listen, there was a lot of normal-sized men slapping me with big, meaty men tonight. We saw it with Moxley and Big Bill, and we saw it here again. And even at the end of the night, with, well, Roddy's not that no, average. Anyways, the whole point to it is I, I, I enjoyed this. The match was great. The Bruce Titty, <laughs> that's what we're calling it, but it freaked me out. <laughs> I really thought something was wrong with him. I was doing a watch along, and it was my chat who had to inform me it was the makeup because, like, I just looked, and all of a sudden his chest was purple. Um, this was this was a great, great match. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to become a big fan of Prince Nana and his dancing. You like friendship? Oh. I like dancing in my wrestling. Okay, so I thought <laughs> this was great, and I love the promo that Hangman cut later with with Swerve and. I will give them some credit because we kind of talked about how they weren't building shows that they have back to back and Wrestle Dream and Grand Slam are close like All In and All Out were and for them to save uh, Swerve and Hangman for Wrestle Dream seems like we're thinking about everything that's coming up and being smart about the booking. I appreciate that. You know, that, Issa, I'm glad you said that because that's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, Justin, it seems like AEW has figured out that if you've got two big shows coming up, you got to promote them both. And saving this was a great idea. No, I agree. Saving is uh, uh, the right thing to do here. Uh, overall, this segment, uh, this entire segment was fun, you know, with, you know, you know, you know Prince Anna's dancing and then, you know, the Bucks come in. Uh, I, I guess, and I liked the promo last week between Swerve, or what Swerve had to say. I thought it was, you know, Swerve, you know, maybe Swerve's best best yet in AEW. I do find myself sitting there now that we have a date and a time for this match to happen. I do find myself wondering what do they expect to accomplish here out of Swerve versus Hangman? Because I don't feel like either guy really should be losing right now. Hangman, I feel like the crowd has been clamoring for him and I, and I know a lot of the CM Punk stuff might have gotten in the way, but like Hangman feels like he should be doing bigger things. I'm not trying to knock Swerve. I just feel like Hangman should just be, you know, just higher up on the card, I guess. And then Swerve I think Swerve should be winning. He, Swerve should be rising up, but 
and I guess a win against Hangman will get everybody's attention. I don't know. I'm, I'm just really curious how they're going to book this because I, I just feel like both guys need to win here, and in theory, somebody's going to lose. I agree with you. I think both of them desperately need a big win. Uh, hey, Paige, I've always felt like he's one of their guys that should have been at the top since the beginning or near the – I mean, they, they told that really long story, but once he got to the world title scene, he should have stayed in that top echelon uh, – and Swerve, I feel like you need to get up there. I love the pairing of the two. They feel so different. And so they're definitely a clash of personalities and styles. Uh, so I don't, yeah, I really don't know what's going to happen. It's in Seattle. And so uh, uh, Swerve is from Tacoma as well. So of course, I got to work, I got to root for my Tacoma pal, you know? So, <laughs> so um, uh, I want, I want Swerve to win here. I'm a big Prince Nana fan too. It's interesting, the Prince Nana thing, Issa, how, if you had told me Swerve is going to be this dangerous kind of character and you're going to add a guy who's going to dance silly while he's walking out, I'd say that sounds like a terrible idea, but there's <laughs> something about it that just works. And I don't, I can't explain why, but it's just so great, those two together. I give it up trying to explain things that work in wrestling. Uh, that it's just there's just some things that only work in wrestling, right? I was trying to explain the other day to somebody why I love Christian Cage so much right now. And as I'm saying out loud what he's doing and his gimmick right now and the dead dad thing, I was like, yeah, you're not gonna understand that. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta give up on trying to make sense of things that work in wrestling and just appreciate it when they do. Th things that work are things that make you feel something. So you feel this funny energy of here's Prince Nana who, you know, who's selling himself off is that he's like african royalty but meanwhile he's probably like you know the 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 hustler that sold uh isa that fake poster behind her uh but then you have like you know and then you have <laughs> big pop <laughs> then you have uh swerve who is like looks like a legit badass is gonna kill you and so there's just so it makes you you just as you want to laugh and feel something to feel good about the dance, and then you're like, oh, this man's going to come out and try to ruin somebody's life. I'm so, telling you, the, the little kid did the dance after I gave him my money for yep. that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, by the way, shout out to the uh, AEW graphics department or whoever came up with it. Did you see the uh, the fun fact on Hangman Page's graphic when he came out first match? You know, like no, what did uh, it, say? it said, <laughs> does not swerve <laughs> when he drives. <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's great. It's uh, last thing on this, uh, Justin. I think it makes so much sense what you were saying about the two different because it reminds me of comedy when you have the Jim Carrey character next to the, what they call the straight man who does nothing. And it makes the silly guys seem more silly. It does feel like them together makes both of them look bigger in what they're doing. And it works great. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, 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 it's like, it's like the dumb and dumber formula. If you ever, if you ever watch some behind the scenes stuff, Jeff Daniels said like everybody in his camp told him, do not take this role. You are going to get just overshadowed and buried by Jim Carrey's comedy. But like Jeff Daniels held his own just by being the smarter of the two dumb guys. I, uh, listen, listen, I gotta, I gotta make sure everybody in the chat knows that I literally just told Justin <laughs> and Jack how I got hustled a lot of money for this fake poster. It was literally the conversation right before we hit go live. So big pop for Lavar for like, like peering, peering back there. the curtain for all y'all. <laughs> peering back the curtain. Of what, of what our sound check conversations sound like. Yeah, See, we're literally talking about how I got hustled by a 10-year-old in, in San Juan, Puerto Rico. 
see, Justin <laughs> took this shot on air that only us knew about, and then now East is going to go onto a media scrum and start yelling at everybody. <laughs> it's going to be a whole thing. <laughs> but, well, you get the poster in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got a quick backstage segment with Daniel Garcia saying he's sick of always getting asked about Chris Jericho and Don Callis comes up to try to, it would seem, recruit Daniel Garcia. And what did Don Callis get for it, Issa? Just a bunch of pelvic thrusts. I told you I like some dancing in my wrestling. <laughs> I, I, I thought this was, this was okay. It's interesting the people that Don Callis keep recruiting. Like, yeah, he's got Takeshita right now, and that's his focus, but he hasn't stopped working and trying to get people to join him. Respect. Yeah, Justin, I'm someone who has been very high on Daniel Garcia for a long time. I'm not saying he's the finished product, but I have a feeling. He's, he's like 25 or 26. I have a feeling, with all said and done, he's going to be a very big star in pro wrestling. So I love the idea of him working with Don Callis. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Daniel Garcia and potentially – you think he's going to work with them, feud with them? Where do you think this is going? Uh, they could work together again, again, considering the the Chris Jericho link that they have there. Um, Garcia is he's he's another one of those guys and girls, I guess, that you could, uh, that you put in the list of like if they maybe like a Ricky Starks, even go to Big Bill, go to you could say Hook that that have talent and have something. But there just needs to be a commitment to say, okay, we're now on the Daniel Garcia project for the next six weeks. Daniel Garcia is going to have a segment on every single one of Dynamites. Um, and and to, to further the care, maybe sometimes it's in the ring, sometimes it's a pre-tape, sometimes it's a mat, whatever. But they just, again, they have over 150 talents signed. So, and, and there's not enough TV time. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting to add another show. But there's still not enough time to get everybody over consistently so he's he just throw him in the list. He there's just a, he's in a list there of like some really good projects that just need that just need commitment to him. So that way the audience gets familiar and gets banking on them. And you know, so we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll see. You know, ask me again next Wednesday. But I have a feeling, given that very busy Arthur Ashe show, I don't think we're going to be seeing Daniel Garcia anywhere. How good of a wrestling company would you have if you could just take all the people from WWE and AEW who they don't have time to put on TV for? I feel like there's so many good talents that there's just not enough time for. Uh, we did get a quick video package I want to touch on because I do think it's a pretty big deal. And Issa, you alluded to it earlier. Uh, Jade Cargill has returned, and she is going to be facing Chris Statlander for the TBS title on Rampage. Uh, Chris Statlander or uh, Jade Cargill coming back is a huge deal. And I, I, I got, I'm getting a little frustrated because everyone's so upset that this match is on Rampage, but at the same time, everyone says Rampage needs important matches to get right. people to tune in. So they're doing this, and people are upset. I feel like people just will never be happy about Rampage no matter what happens. Uh, yeah, possibly, but I, 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 I guess I see your point. At the same time, I do wish they would have put this uh, art trash or a dynamite or in a bigger stage because it was all everybody was talking about. Whether you watch Collision or not, you knew Jade came back. Like, and yeah. and everything just felt automatically bigger. We we talk about it every week that we have the opportunity to talk about Jade. She has it, the it factor, right? She oozes it, and it's just somebody you should be taking advantage of and putting putting them in your bigger shows, and then maybe moving her to your smaller show. But you already had to come back at what's considered a small show. 
So maybe the return match at a bigger show and then bring her back to collision or rampage, just get people to kind of follow her, right? But the return match being a rampage, uh, it, it's the spoilers. If at least collision is live here or there, but rampage is just gonna get spoiled and nobody's gonna watch it. And that's what it is. Jack, I understand your question. I understand your point, and I and there is something to that. That that is that maybe sums up wrestling fans. I mean, I always say with some of the worst wrestling fans, you can hand them a one hundred dollar bill and they'll bitch that they wanted you know five twenties. Right. But but I think it does come down to it's the live factor, right? It's when it's and SmackDown had this for years. SmackDown, which is now the number one, arguably the number one wrestling show of anything, but SmackDown had the stigma for years of when it was taped, nothing that it was missable like mm -hmm. i mean it, it, it didn't i mean obviously his numbers were better than what rampage or collision does but but as comparison to raw it was missable raw had that you must see because anything could happen it's live and some things did uh but smackdown was like all right it, they can always reshoot the match or they can reshoot the promo or whatever you know or you know even the few times a world title changed hands it's like again it was spoiled on tuesday so they took, took that thing away from it that that so i think that's what it comes down to is like it's that's why i almost feel like just get rid of rampage I don't, I mean, and again, I know it's there to be time for, I don't, and I keep quoting how there's over 150 talents, but if nobody's really watching it and if it's, I, I just, it just doesn't have that must-see factor. Collision, you know, while I don't watch Collision every week because it's a Saturday night, but it at least is live. And, and, they're, and if they start getting stuff organized now that they're in the post-punk era and they figure out, okay, what we're doing here, and they have some big things happen, like a title match or, or you know, God, if, if Edge shows up at a collision you know, all of a sudden I'm like okay maybe i need to start carving out some time on saturdays to see collision you know that you start making me have to watch it but it's, it is a live versus tape thing i do have a feeling it's not going to end clean and they're going to have an, a rematch down the road i can't imagine it's just gonna end but i i'm kind of worried about it because jade cargill feels like she should be beyond the tbs title at this point she's like the one of the biggest stars in the AEW. i feel like jade cargill should be like a a Brock Lesnar at this point where he, she's really only around right before the big shows. And then she's on the big show in a big match. And then she goes back and waits until the next big show. Cause she's such a star. Jade's streak was fun. And she did look like a million dollars when she's out there. Her taking that time off after she, after her streak ended, her taking that time off didn't help things. I felt like she, while the streak was great, she's still relatively new to the audience, right? She's still new to, to just in general, just just to pop culture, media, whatever. She's she's still new, right? So I feel like her when that streak ended, and then she just disappeared from and took some time off. That that was like the uh, out of sight, out of mind. You know, yeah. If you got twenty years in the game like Brock Lesnar across WWE and UFC, you can lose, go away, and everybody's still going to be talking and waiting six months later for when's Brock Lesnar come back. They're going to know exactly who you are when when as soon as they hear that music hit again. Same thing with Undertaker and all the other ones I can take, but. Obviously, Jay's not at that level. I, I don't. I, I don't think it was a good idea for her to take the time off. Don't know why she took the time off. Maybe it was personal, whatever. And you know, I get it. Tend to tend to your needs, but just from the standpoint, strictly from a booking standpoint, I don't think that did any favors to the momentum and credibility they were building up with her on her run. Oh, hopefully, she doesn't eat a loss on Rampage. But we got Darby Allen and Nick Wayne going against Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Luke. Uh, Mid match, Christian comes out and joins the commentary team. Uh, ends pretty much how you'd expect with a couple of high diving moves off the top rope and Darby Allen and Nick Wayne win. Afterwards, Christian Cage talks about Nick Wayne's mom and then pitches Darby and Sting versus Christian and Soros. Uh, Issa, <laughs> Christian, 
just talked about Christian knocking it out of the park. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I mean, he opened his promos with, I, I, I was scrolling through your mom's Instagram, and I'm like, hey, can relate. We all been there. Um, the, it, Christian is fun. It's, everything that he's doing right now is fun. I shouldn't be saying that, but I just like, as soon as he came out, like just the vibe of the match changed automatically because you're going to be paying attention to whatever he's saying on commentary, and you know he's going to cut a promo. He's going to kill it. Um, great match. It's just at one point, do we just... Uh, are we supposed to believe that Darby's human anymore? Because I don't know if you guys saw the, the spot that he took on Saturday and the turnbuckle from Roddy. And then we saw that crazy match he had with Luchasaurus. And then you have Orange Cassidy walking around all taped up saying he can't wrestle and Darby's taking these crazy spots and he's just wrestling, wrestling every week like it's nothing. Like, it's just mind-blowing to me. But yeah, I, I just love everything that Christian is doing. It's a whole different kind of heel and and. It's entertaining. I'm here for it. Yeah, Justin, Christian has just struck a nerve, I think. Obviously, hitting some emotional points, but even the the basic stuff, I'm surprised we haven't heard it before. I was looking through your mom's Instagram. Like, it's so it's so easy. How have we not heard people make these comments before? I don't know, but I'm scrolling through her Instagram right now, and I can actually, <laughs> <laughs> I can, it's, uh, it's Shayna247 for anybody who's curious, and uh, I mean, she's, she's probably going to have some more followers by tomorrow morning, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a gander at that one. Let's, uh, in the chat, let's, um, what, how many, how many does she have right now? She has, uh, well, she's going to have. She's going to have 72,000 uh, by tomorrow, but Tony Khan's going to refute that. Tony Khan's going to say that she actually has more followers that it got taken away from. Um, she, she has 3,440 followers right now. 3,440 followers. So today's post-it in the comment section uh, thing for you is to guess how many followers she will have by the end of the week. Let's see I kind of, get closer. I kind of want to hit the follow button, but I kind of feel like that'd be weird. <laughs> like, like the first line in her bio, it does say Mama Wayne. <laughs> I don't know. Does Christian follow her? That's Ooh, good question. A question. Well, I mean, he has to. Like, Chris Jericho does. Billy Gunn does. Uh oh. We're going The ass man and the sex god. Look <laughs> out, Mama Wayne. <laughs> we, uh, we're going how come we can drive traffic to her Instagram, but we can't get people to follow us when we shout it out? Come on, guys. Before you guys check out her Instagram, go follow me. Uh, Jack, I'm pretty sure your hair never did, never looked quite like this particular photo I'm looking at right now. Sorry. I, I got a feeling it has not. Uh, let's talk about the end of the show, though. Uh, screaming, Adam! Comes... Roderick Strong, and he faces Samoa Joe in the number one contenders match. Kingdom's on the outside. Uh, eventually, they get involved, but Joe still gets the win. I just hit refresh, and she has five more followers. Just in that, just in that, she's got five more. Just keep, keep it coming. You see that? We do numbers, okay? Advertisers, did you see that? Okay? Blue Chew. Uh, how about uh, MeUndies? Who are the other ones that are always on podcasts? Uh, uh, yeah, you know who you are. Sign up. We drive numbers. <laughs> uh, in any case, Roderick Strong Sorry. loses, but Samoa Joe says he's going to take everything from Adam Cole. Then Adam Cole comes out, and Roderick Strong suddenly has neck pain again. And then before the end of the show, it almost startled me out of nowhere. Samoa Joe comes out and chokes the life out of Adam Cole. Issa, 
tell me about this ending. Oh my God, it was so dramatic. <laughs> Adam! <laughs> Adam! It was, uh, they stalled a little. I don't know if we were, like, if, if the match ended before because it did feel like we were stalling a lot. But Adam Cole and Roder Strong managed to make it entertaining throughout. You know, the at one point, Adam Cole's just standing there. He's screaming, Adam! And you can hear Adam Cole say in the background, right here, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why are you yelling? Um, the match was super good. Uh, shout out to both of them because I really enjoyed the match. I, I like the ending. But, yeah, I mean, I, I pop a little bit more for Samoa Joe coming out and choking out uh, Adam Cole, because he really is after MJF, everything, but I, I liked it. There's a lot of little stories that we're telling here. You know, you're telling the story of Roddy and Samoa Joe, Adam Cole and Roddy, Samoa Joe and MJF. There was a lot of pieces that moved in this main event, and, and, and they let it breathe. It had time for everything to happen without feeling rushed. Uh, it was great. 10 out of 10 ending to the show, honestly. Yeah, Justin, I would say the only thing I didn't like about it is what Issa may have alluded to there was that it did feel like the match maybe ended a minute or two early because it felt like they had to drag that out a little bit longer than they should have. But you know what? I've been critical in past weeks and months when things run over and they're rushing things and they're not letting, they're not getting all the emotion out. So I'm not going to criticize this. Maybe it ended a minute earlier than it should have, but I think better a minute earlier to give time to let this stuff all happen. Otherwise, it seems really where I think this probably came off on TV better than it did live. Um, TV, at least you could like sit there and you could probably hear more of him screaming at him and you have commentary and you hear, and you can hear the chatter to the medical people and whatever, um, uh, by judging the look and sound of, of the crowd, I don't know if they fully understood what, what Roddy was doing. I don't know if they thought like, is Roddy being silly? Did he get hurt? Did I miss something? Is commentary and tell him, telling something? So I don't know. I'm curious. I, I'd love to know if somebody was there live. Please hit me up on, on, on social and let me know. But uh, but overall, I thought this was a good ending. Uh was a really good match. And, yeah, I mean, Samoa Joe, I, I don't think he's going to be beating him. But he certainly uh, came off as a big threat. That is the one thing that I will say. I was The match was good, and it made me watch. I didn't feel invested because I thought as soon as they teased NJF and, and Samoa Joe, we knew who was winning the tournament. So I kind of wanted to get to the ending and the shenanigans after. They did deliver a great match. But Roddy is doing some great acting here because when Adam came out, he just like dropped to the floor. Like it was <laughs> it was just so well done. So shout out to everybody involved. I'm really glad that Roderick Strong is like we've always known he's a good re like wrestler once the bell rings, but I'm glad he's finally getting the chance to show some character stuff and show that he can flex those muscles too, because he's doing such a good job with this that like I said, every time, Ada! I just, I love it's it. Every time. Interesting, he's been in a long time as a character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's fantastic. And am I crazy? And I'll, I'll let both of you go. I just want to say you first. I kind of want Samoa Joe to win next week. I kind of no. want him to be champion. No, 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 no. He can sit there and hold on to his ROH stuff, but. Uh, uh, no, MJF is your AEW world champion. Samoa Joe never wins the big one, Jack. Come on. This I I wanted to. I'm kind of rooting. Like when he, I trust me. I, I'm a I'm an MJF fan. I was like, okay, this is how it's gonna go. But when he came out and choked out Adam Cole, I was like, I want him to be the new world champion. Samoa Joe, I want him to win the world title. And then you know who I want to take it from him? Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn, your next AEW champion. I'm still pushing for it. Please, Jack, never book a wrestling show ever. 
And in the main event of WrestleMania, Akira Tozawa versus Billy Gunn. <laughs> what kind oh. of numbers? We, we're going to sell 15 tickets. <laughs> yeah, but how many are you going to say that were there? That is what matters. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's really only 12. <laughs> only 12 with the turnstiles. If your show if your show afforded turnstiles, but yet only got 12 people, I think that we have a clash and a strategic approach. And one of them was Akira, and the other one was Billy Gunn. <laughs> so uh but yeah, let me know in the chat if you guys think Samoa if you want Samoa Joe to win. Not if you think he's gonna win, but if you want him to win. Uh, before we go though, that's it. Let me know in the chat what you guys thought of the show. Uh, Justin, where can the world find you online and what were your overall thoughts of this week's episode? Overall, I think it was an okay show. It was probably what it needed to be as your, it's your go home show to a big premium, uh, uh, episode of dynamite next week. Um, like, like I said, I thought that things, they, they did not cram and rush as much, which I, again, I think that's a good thing. It, 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 it's only going to help things, you know, right. Um, but overall is good. It wasn't the, certainly wasn't the greatest show, but I've certainly seen them do worse. So good. What it was, uh, find me on the socials at Justin the bar, um, here on one, Monday nights here on Wednesday nights, Friday mornings on the Sirius XM radio with busted open spar with Labar, and, uh, We'll see what it is after this gets archived and people can listen on demand. But I can just tell you right now, in the live, the uh, updated numbers, uh, she has gained 15 Instagram followers uh, since my PSA a few minutes ago. So the, 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 the follows are being clicked. So she owes us one. Again, we drive numbers. Uh, I don't know who the other, Jimmy Seafood or whoever advertises on these podcasts. Conrad's Mortgages. So, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in Baltimore Saturday. Maybe I'll try to convince Jimmy Seafood then uh, to uh, <laughs> get on it. Yeah, tell tell him to advertise with Wrestling Inc. Uh, Isa, uh, what were your overall thoughts to show? And where could the world find you online? Oh, I think we may have lost Isa. Well, she froze over the end. While we, I think she was in the middle of saying, "I agree with Jack. Samoa Joe <laughs> is should be the next world champion." And look, as long as she doesn't say I'm wrong, I must be right. So, see, there she goes. She agrees. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you to everyone in the chat. As always, remember like, comment, share, subscribe. Thank you to everyone in the chat, the lurkers as well. Burner account K O D N Y C Demon Diva. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, saying. Sorry, guys, my internet gave up after hearing <laughs> Uh You can follow me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. I'm also going to be doing commentary for Prestige Wrestling on September 24th. If you're in LA, come see us at the Globe Theater. If not, you can check it out on IWTV. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, and as always, follow at Wrestling Inc. for all the latest news. That does it for us. And until then, I don't know. You send them out, Justin. <laughs>